Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, these are God's words. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, and then verse 5 will say, then you will find the fear of Yahweh or understand the fear of Yahweh and find the knowledge of God. But we're just doing verses 1 and 2. Because there is here an important lesson in four things, four ways in which we should receive the Scriptures, and especially in which we should receive the Scriptures from those whom God has appointed to tell them to us. That's what Cornelius was excited about with Peter, right? He had had a vision that God had appointed Peter to tell him words that God would use to give him faith. In Romans 10, we hear, how will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will he preach if he is not sent? Behold, how beautiful on the mountains uh, are the feet of those who bring the good news, who bring the gospel. And so we rejoice that God not only gave his son for us on the cross, but as he gives his son to us through faith in him, he has appointed particular people to tell us the words of scripture. Now, one of those particular people for us uh, in a Christian family from the beginning uh, of our life is our daddy, our father. Uh, And that's one of the reasons why you daughters are looking, or hoping one day, hopefully not looking yet, that God will give you a husband who is eager to be the sort of father that tells his children what the scriptures say and urges them uh, to believe all that the scriptures teach and to do all the scriptures command. It's one of the main reasons why you, my dear sons, are learning the scriptures, not just because by them God brought you to faith. And by them, God grows you in faith. But because you're hoping one day to be a husband who washes his wife with the word of God as with water uh, in the process of Jesus cleansing his bride, uh, of whom you and your future wife will be members uh, and making you spotless and blameless and without any spot and so forth. But... We also hope that you will be fathers, and that if you have a son, you will address them many, many times with the words with which our passage begins. My, not only was Solomon here speaking inspired words as he was carried along by the Holy Spirit, but as he speaks to his son, he speaks as one of God's appointed preachers for his son. And so we can very much apply these four things to do with the words and commands and wisdom and understanding that are being spoken, especially when they're spoken to us, whether by husband or by father or by elder or by pastor, whom God has sent to do that. The first thing is to receive, to receive the words, uh, not to be the sort of person who is hostile or resistant or critical, 
This is one of the, uh, one of the reasons why it's important to marry well, uh, and why it's important to be in a faithful church. Because if your husband never tells you the word of God, or worse, often tells you things that are quite obviously not what the scriptures say, then you will develop a critical spirit. You'll have to, uh, for your survival, uh, to develop the habit of, as you read, asking or questioning, even from the first moment, does it really say that? Uh, and that, of course, is also a horrible way to sit under preaching, which is one of the reasons why we work so hard, for instance, when we go out of town, to try to find a place where the preaching will likely be faithful, so that we don't have to try to offer worship in that way. No, we want to be like the Bereans, who receive the word gladly as it's first being proclaimed. And then, if we check into it further, we're checking into it to see that these things are so. We hear something preached from the Bible that is wonderful and new. We're eager to look at other scriptures to see that these things are so and have this uh, this enhanced understanding we have of the scripture now corroborated and strengthened by other parts of the Bible. Uh, but the first first thing then is that receptivity, that uh, that eagerness that uh, you receive the words of God uh, the way you received the meatloaf at supper tonight, uh, and not the way that the other youth group kids received the uh, pickled eel at the Estonian wedding uh, when we were on the mission trip, uh, not resisting it and shrinking. Uh, shrinking from it, but receptive, desirous. Well, desirous is uh, coming soon. And then, uh, as you receive it, uh, as you have received it, you treasure the Word of God within you. You value it and uh, guard it and consider it something that you don't want to lose. Uh, that's what you do with treasure. Uh, uh, so, uh, So you... Uh, delight in the Word of God, uh, and you are careful uh, not to allow ways of thinking that uh, that are opposed to what you hear uh, from the Bible. And uh, whenever uh, you are uh, facing something or a situation or thinking about something, uh, the, your favorite thing to take out uh, and employ. Uh, is the Bible. Uh, you meditate upon his words. Uh, one of the ways we do that is, like we heard uh, yesterday when we were thinking about Psalm 62, uh, is you address yourself with the word of God and see to, a, see, you know, see to it or try to affect your own soul uh, with, uh, with the word of God. So first is to be receptive. Second is to treasure Third is to incline your ear to wisdom, to desire to hear more. Not just that when you hear the word of God is receptive, but that you're trying to get to hear the word of God. Now, this includes things like showing up. One day I won't be your daddy. Well, I'll still be your daddy, but one day I won't be your pastor. Uh, you won't be under my authority, and I won't um, uh, lead you in attending whenever you can hear proper preaching and teaching. 
But if we're inclining our ear to wisdom, then whenever we have an opportunity to hear the word of God, we will want to be there. Uh, you, uh, Lord willing and hearing my prayers and helping you, you won't be those who skip sermon in the midweek meeting or in the evening meeting. Uh, you'll be like those people from Geneva uh, who heard uh, Calvin preach five other times a week and twice on Sunday and a whole day set apart for prayer on the Wednesday. And, and the, uh, this, uh, you remember from the sermon about the first love uh, of the Ephesians, Revelation chapter 2, and um, how in certain times when there has been a revival of the work of God's Spirit, uh, like there was at the time of the Reformation in Geneva, they did that. Well, you will incline your ear to wisdom. But not just your ear, not just that you would be there to hear it, but apply your heart to understanding. Now, this is more than just your mind, but it includes your mind. It means that uh, if that uh, you'll eat the right sorts of things on the Saturday evening, and you'll try to get yourself to bed in good season, and be rested, uh, and maybe eat the right sorts of things Lord's Day morning. Uh, before you go to worship, and uh, if you're the sort of person who benefits from a little bit of exercise, you may take a walk as you pray for help uh, for the service or whatever, uh, so that you get your mind ready to understand the Word of God. Now, we said it doesn't only mean that we try to understand, um, but uh, it does mean more than that. So, in addition, you want it to penetrate your affections. You want it to stir up your emotions. That you'll respond well to the Word of God. And the best way to do this is one that I hope to spare you from, but it's to have a boring but faithful preacher who he feels the truth and reality of the Word of God, and he's teaching you accurately, but there's nothing in his presentation or manner that would stir you up emotionally. Then you would know that when you did get stirred up in love for God and wonder at Him who has such power and is so righteous and yet has shown such mercy to those who are deserving of hell as the devil is and as the reprobate are who are never going to believe and yet He gave Christ for us. See, even now it's, it's hard to not say such things with emotion. But there are people who who use less emotion, but that you would seek to be affected by the content of the Bible. That you'd be convicted about your sins and sorrow over them when you hear scriptures that correct ways that you think and act and feel. You'd rejoice over the gospel, that you'd be eager to put into practice, and that takes us to the third aspect of the heart. The heart was the control center of the being, and not just the thoughts, and not just the emotions, but the choices, the decisions, the commitment. And that you apply your heart to understanding, meaning that you don't just think the way the Bible teaches you to think and respond with appropriate emotional response to God, that you would not be heartless towards Him, or hard-hearted, or cold-hearted towards Him, but that you'd also be responsive to him, that you wouldn't be a hearer of the word only and not a doer.
that you would make commitments to God as you read in your quiet time or as you hear right now. One of the things that you might be doing is lifting your hearts to God and saying, Oh God, help me to to read your word this way and especially to listen in family worship this way and to listen in public worship this way. Uh, and you so you make commitments to God as you as you hear his word proclaimed and as you read his word. Uh, and then you carry them out. And as you come to scriptures, because the scriptures teach the same things over and over and over again. And sometimes between family worship times and public worship times, we'll see the same thing six, seven, eight times in just a few days. And every time we come to another one of those passages that touches something that you've asked God as you were worshiping him and the hearing of his word to help you with, and you've made that commitment, you get opportunity to review and ask God for more help and bless his name for the help that you have gotten. So applying your heart to understanding. There's a lot more here than checking off the box, isn't there? Attended worship. Did my devotions. Sat facing daddy with my eyes pointed because I know that that points my ears too. I don't know if that's what Cassidy has told you as she helped you uh, with your posture, and for which I'm grateful. But that's what I used to tell her. Point your eyes and your ears will follow. They're attached to the same head. But there's more to listening than that, isn't there? There's being receptive. There's treasuring that word within you. There's inclining your ear. A uh, planning and preparation uh, and aiming. That's the eye thing is actually quite literally inclining your ear. Uh, And then there's applying your heart to the understanding. uh, That you would form your thoughts and fire your emotions and forge your wills by the word of God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, forgive me for how much opportunity I have squandered to address these, your children, with your word, so that some of the things that we have heard that they ought to do have been withheld from them just by my weakness and my sinfulness. I thank you, Father, that you have given us this now, and that you help us by your Spirit as we do the teaching and the hearing as an act of worship, that we know that we have your fellowship with us uh, in in the way that especially belongs to your worship. I pray for myself. I pray for my dear wife. I pray for these dear children that you would help us to uh, attend upon your word in these four ways that we have just heard, that indeed we would fear you, that we would understand your fear, and that we would uh, acquire knowledge and help us to deal genuinely with you, sincerely with you, worshipfully unto you, and changingly unto us that as we, among other things, view your mercies in your word and in dependence upon that mercy, that we wouldn't be uh, conformed to the world, but that by your renewing of our minds we would be enabled to offer our bodies as living sacrifices unto you, holy and pleasing to you, so that we would go from spiritual worship in the set times to all of life worship in all of the in-between times until you bring us at last to perfectly knowing and acknowledging you to be the only true God and our very own God, and perfectly to worship and glorify you accordingly. Grant it, we ask, by the work of your Holy Spirit, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.